0: So I thought I would review a little bit about child abuse uh, since, you know, the adult uh, doctors see a lot of the kids during the day um, and just review some of the issues with it. In 2014, there were three and a half million cases of possible abuse. Uh, that were reported, and uh, over 700,000 of them, about 20% were found to have evidence of abuse and actually investigated. So that gives you a rate of 9.4 children per every thousand um, that is a victim of child abuse. And the most common type of abuse is neglect. Uh, but about 7% of these kids have physical abuse, which is where the emergency room comes in for these kids, and in 80% of the cases, the parent is the perpetrator, so it's most often somebody that they know. Um, Children uh, in the first year of life uh, are the most common victims. Children younger than three have the highest fatality rate, uh, in that uh, there were 15, uh, 1,580 deaths in 2014, and greater than 70% of them were kids under three, so they're the ones most likely to suffer the most. So when you have a child come in, if they're very irritable, they have lethargy, vomiting, apnea, or seizures, and you don't have a good reason for it, you need to include child abuse uh, in your differential and look for it. Um, There are also what we call sentinel injuries, and that would be bruises, uh, especially in an infant, uh, intraoral trauma and also skeletal trauma, which is probably what we're most familiar with. Um, Infants should never have bruises. So, bruising in an infant who is non-mobile is a sentinel injury and is very, very often, the majority of the time, is associated with some kind of abuse. So, if a mother gives you a story of, oh, their three-year-old brother hit them, um, you know, don't believe it. You need to investigate that child-for-child abuse. Um, your history really is the single most important thing that you can get Uh, so if you're suspicious of abuse you really need to ask a lot of questions you need to make sure that the history given is consistent with the injury and I think that's probably the most common thing that we see is someone gives us an explanation and you're shaking your head no saying that couldn't have happened like uh, you know they rolled off uh, the bed onto a carpeted floor and You know, now they've got a huge subdural uh, and cerebral edema. It just doesn't match. Um, Kids who fall from short distances usually will not have a significant head injury. Um, We used to call it shaken baby syndrome, but the new name for that is abusive head trauma because there are reasons other than shaking that you can have uh, head trauma with. Um, The fatality rate from that is greater than 20%. Um, and kids who have abusive head trauma end up having neurodevelopmental delays anywhere from mild delays to having very severe uh, problems. Um, So the incidence of that is about 15 to 30 cases per 100,000 infants and um, there seem to be some behaviors of children that are um, more related to certain injuries and abusive head trauma Uh, Very often the trigger for the abuse of head trauma is crying, that the child is crying and won't stop. uh, And so the parent ends up shaking them or throwing them against a wall or, you know, whatever, when they lose control. Um, The skin is the most frequently injured um, organ of the body, and that includes bruises, bites, and burns. You need to remember that those who don't cruise don't bruise. Okay, so again, infants shouldn't have bruises. That's a sentinel injury. In uh, the more mobile kids, I'm sure you see kids get bruises over their elbows and their shins. So if you see bruises in other places like the torso or the neck, the buttocks, thighs, then you need to be suspicious of child abuse. And if you can remember 10-4, um, T stands for the torso, E is for the ear, and N is for neck. Four is for children under four years and it's also for bruising in children under four months uh, if you have any of that then you need to be more suspicious um, and you'll find that the bruises patterned bruises correlate with whatever the instrument was if there's a cord you're gonna find a loop if there was a hand that really smacked them you're gonna see the outlines of the fingers so very often you can figure out what was used to abuse the child by the pattern of the bruise um, these children also get uh... burned um, you need to look for stocking and glove burns, or the child, you know has been taken and dipped into hot water, their buttocks. Um, and very often uh, burns are associated with potty training. So potty training is a time that that uh, may be associated with abuse. Um, fractures end up being the second most common um, type of child abuse. The extremities are usually affected. Uh, If you have posterior and lateral rib fractures and bucket handle fractures, that's that's more specific for child abuse. Uh, Abdominal injuries uh, are the second leading cause of fatalities behind head injuries and the peak age for that is around two to three years of age. Um, And most commonly it's the liver or spleen that gets injured. You need to remember that abdominal bruising is rare, so you're not going to see any visible signs there. So you have to do a good abdominal exam. Um, and if you suspect it, you get LFTs, pancreatic enzymes, uh, hemoglobin, and a UA. And look there. And if you have an elevation in liver enzymes, then you need to go ahead and CT. And that is the, the choice is CT with, uh, with contrast to evaluate that. So just so you're aware, um, I think that a lot of people miss the sentinel injuries. Um, And that's something that you need to watch for because when you miss that, then the child can come back later on. And they found that very often babies have bruising. The doctor says, oh, you know, they accept the explanation. And three to four weeks later, the child comes back with more significant abuse. So we just need to be aware of that.